0: Hello everyone, welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to the program, Adam Kampain, who is CEO at ClearMetal. And today we're gonna to talk about digital supply chain transformation. Are you transformation ready? Now if you Google digital transformation, you get about you know, 60 million hits, and a few million of those hits are related to supply chain management. You know, it's a journey that you know, many companies and many people are talking about today, but what exactly does digital supply chain transformation mean? And more importantly, uh, you know, what's required to you know, begin that journey and to successfully reach you know, your desired destination? Well, that's the topic of uh, today's episode. And uh, it's great to welcome Adam back to the program to share his uh, you know, insights and perspective on this topic. So, uh, Adam, welcome back. Thanks, Adrian. Great to be back. Great. So, you know, we've had some great conversations uh, in in previous episodes around kind of machine learning and and AI. And and we've talked about, uh, you know, its role in in logistics and supply chain management. And and in some ways that kind of filters into, uh, you know, today's topic around, you know, supply chain, uh, you know, digital supply chain transformation. Um, And like I I just said in my opening remarks here, you know, it's it's something a lot of people in the industry are talking about, but it's also something that, you know, means different things to, to different people. So, as maybe as a way to get started, I mean, what does you know digital transformation mean to you? I mean what, what's your definition of it?
1: Yeah, sure. And, and you know this is being talked about not just in supply chain but in enterprise overall. To me, transformation is really about uh, it's about becoming a truly data driven company and going through the steps that it takes to actually access, make use of, and control the data in your company. So that you can actually control your future and the decisions you make there, um, and I think you used a great word in the beginning: uh, "journey." Right? Transformation is really a journey; it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but there are things to do to get started and start to take control of that data.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that, that's a great point, and uh, you know, with, with respect to you know journey, I mean that's a that's a, a comment I hear a lot from companies that are you know, doing this journey right now, a lot of them say, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. You know, it's something that, you know, takes some work, takes some preparation. And really it's something that has to, you know, from the top down, it's something that everybody has to buy in and understand, you know, what what everybody is doing. So, I mean, that kind of leads me to my next question, really, you know, saying that you want to undertake a supply chain, you know, transformation journey is one thing, but actually, you know, kind of being ready, you know, to take that journey is another. I mean, what does it mean to be, you know, transformation ready? I mean, what what are some of the what has to occur within an organization, you know, to prepare for that journey?
1: Yeah, good good question. You know, um, honestly, not not much. And as corny as it's going to sound, I think really what it requires is a mindset shift and a willingness for companies and the individuals uh, in that company to actually transform. You know, as we talk to to you know, frontline people and executives around the world, we keep hearing this misconception that in order to transform and as I defined it, take control of your data to make better decisions and do better in your job every day and become a more profitable company, you know, people believe they need to go out and entirely, you know, implement a new ERP or create that data lake um, or build a whole new architecture so that they can actually get their data in good order before transforming. A A few thoughts on that. I mean... First, you know it's a bit ironic, right? The process of transformation is getting help to take control of your data, um, and so you know you don't need to go and do all those things first. Um, the other thing is, I think the secret, or, or what that suggests, is that people are feeling like they're so far behind and so much more archaic than competitors in the industry. And, and the secret that I can reveal is that that's actually not true. I mean. Most all people are in your kind of situation, with your kind of architecture and your kind of systems and your kind of data that is really, really poor. Um, and you know what I'd offer is, is folks to remember that technology companies, software providers, were set up to help your business today. It, it would certainly be a, um, a, a poor business proposition to be set up to only help companies you know, five years from now that wouldn't really work. And, and I think the analogy I can provide about this thought process that we hear all too common is, you know, giving these two analogies. It's as if, you know, someone understands they need to lose weight and go into the gym, but they don't want to do it until they start dieting first. Now, dieting certainly helps your weight loss program, but what are you doing? Get in the gym, Right. Or you know you know that your life would be better every day if you had an iPhone versus an old flip phone. An analogy I've used several times. Um, so go to the Apple Store and buy an iPhone from Apple. Uh, you know, don't set up a computer chip manufacturing plant in your backyard. Um, so the last thing I'll say on this, that's I think a less uh, less sarcastic, is what we do notice is that the companies that are most equipped to transform and are already transforming are those that have set up. Uh, transformation initiatives, given people transformation titles, and had budgets and things carved out for it. Now, the interesting thing to me about this is we don't think it's the mere presence of the team or the initiative that actually helps a company transform. It's the fact that the company and the people who are doing this stuff have made that mindset shift and are willing and taking action to do it. So my advice, long-winded answer, my advice to folks out there is, don't go set up a, a transformation initiative because you believe that initiative will help your company transform. Be the company mentally that is deci- that has decided it is going to transform, and it's that mindset that is needed, not a whole new you know data lake, which is fantastic and you should do, but not those kind of things first.
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of great points there to kind of you know go through, but I, but I like the you know the mindset piece of it too. I think you know kind of related to that is that you really need to, you know, this is something that the first step really is having, um, you know, buy-in and support and being just being driven from the top down. Right. Because I think if it's, if it's not infused throughout the culture of the company um, and if it doesn't have the upper management support and vision in terms of doing this and support, um, you know, it becomes very difficult, you know, to do this from the bottom up, if you will. So it kind of, it has to occur you know, from the top down and, and bottom up as well, but you need that top down. You know, as part of it. The other point you brought up is is, is a great one because I, I hear that a lot from from companies. It's you know they look and they go, "Gosh, digital transformation. We're, we're we're like years away from that, right? I mean, we we're still using Excel, or we still have you know all these sort of issues, which which are real problems and, and things that need to get resolved. But I think what ends up happening to your point is. Um, you know, it becomes kind of analysis paralysis to say, you know, we can't even get started and we're not going to get started until we fix X, Y, and Z, almost to use your analogy, you know, we're not going to go hit the gym until, you know, we start dieting first and, you know, lose a few pounds. Uh, You know, the two are not mutually, you know, exclusive. I mean, you can get started on that, on this journey while still addressing, you know, those, those issues that you have. So I think those are, uh, uh, you know, two two really good, uh, you know, points that, that, that you brought up, because I think the other danger that I see is a lot of companies not having that upper management support, or maybe they have the upper management support, but they haven't really identified the business problem or the, or the business opportunity that they want to you know, address, and it's all about shining the, you know, chasing the next new shiny thing, whether it's blockchain or AI, as we've talked about in the past and all that, and, and not have it linked to actually what is the destination that they're trying to get to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, the point of executive sponsorship and, um, and you know, uh, making the decision that this is going to happen for an organization, absolutely true and, and pretty critical. But what I will share is we have seen it go the other way. We have you know, spoken to people on the front lines um, that, you know, would consider themselves quite junior level, but when they're able to start working on this thing and showing it to executives, it's made its way very quickly up to then garner that support the one other thing I'd share on that is, you know, long gone are the days where technology needs to be so expensive and so difficult to implement, you know, the software now and and software as a service cloud-based software is light and it's cheaper and it's easier. And so we've seen a lot of cases actually that there's a very low risk, quick kind of test at the lower levels that then, you know, because of the success there, it makes its way up to the executives. So just wanted to offer that, but totally. that's,
0: that, that, that's, that's, that's a good point because I have seen that as well too. You know, there's this kind of um, philosophy of, and I think we've talked about this in the past, right? A lot of the other mistake companies make is kind of this big bang approach, right? So they put out this this big kahuna transformation and they try to attack everything at once. And I think to your point, I think where, where I've seen some success as well is some some teams or, you know, business processes. hey, you know, we've got some ideas for innovation and ideas for how we can transform how we're doing things. They kind of prove it, at a, at a micro level, kind of some of the, the value that could be uh, delivered and they deliver that value and that becomes easier for them now to make the business case, you know, to upper management to now expand and grow what they've been able to accomplish kind of on that smaller scale.
1: Yeah, and one more thing here, I think a fantastic analogy from, from recent history is, you know, when companies used to provision Blackberries to employees as their corporate phone and what changed for a lot of businesses whens when, is when Employees went out and they brought their iPhones to work and they said, I like working off of this thing. I don't want that one. And this happened to the point where the IT departments had to finally say, look, our people are the ones doing the work and they're the the brains and the brawn of getting stuff done. If they want this kind of tool that's going to make their daily lives better, that's going to make our company better. We have to give in and provide that. So, you know, again, that iPhone analogy I love. um, There are ways that people are today and we're working with them equipping them with iPhones and proving to the organization that this is a better tool that I need every day.
0: Yeah, no, great, great analogy. I remember those, the, the, those discussions, you know, finally, you know, uh, you know, bring your own device became the, uh, the you know, the, the the norm versus being dictated what, what phone to use. Um, so, so what's next in the, in the transformation, you know, process here? I mean, so you get the buy-in, you've got everything we just talked about, I mean, as you start moving forward, you know, what are some other milestones or, or steps along the way here?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first step of, of, as I said, taking control of your data and having software that can finally make sense of that in the way you need it, it is huge. And it's not a linear process. I think transformation, although it's a journey, is, a, is sort of this exponential growth. Once you're able to take that first step and get that foundation where using software that's out there today, You can ingest and take data that you normally have every day inside of your company from a network of of providers outside it and make sense of it. Really, a whole world of possibilities open up, right? Everything people are trying to do in the supply chain from sourcing all the way through last mile distribution are decisions made off of information they have in front of them and most often presented on an old system or an Excel spreadsheet. So once you're able to get data that's cleaned uh, in, in, in a real way, and that that data is providing real visibility, right, understanding where your inventory is, where it's in transit, and on a predicted basis when it's going to arrive, that opens up a world of possibilities in terms of what kinds of answers, um, or sorry, what's, what kind of questions you can get answers to. Um, and I think once you have this data capability, and I'm speaking about broadly and, and can provide examples in a minute, but what that provides is the opportunity to make Um, to do the same kind of work you're doing every day, to have your teams make uh, the same kinds of decisions, but result in much better decisions, right? It's not this transformation in terms of work is going to look totally different. It's I'm going to do the same things I do every day, but I'm going to be equipped with a powerful tool to make better decisions that make my job better, my, my company better, and make it more profitable.
0: You know, another, another, you know, the d- dimension to this, you know, right? Because when, when you talk about supply chain, uh, you know, management, any transformation ultimately requires, you know, the, the support and buy in of, of trading partners as well, right? So it's not just within, you, you know, for your own four walls. And obviously, when we talk about the data, you know, a lot of that data resides in third parties or gets, you know, exchanged back and forth. I mean, how do you bring, you know, how are you seeing companies bring their trading partners, whether it's their carriers, or 3PLs, the suppliers? How, how do they bring them along and make sure that they're also, you know, transformation ready?
1: That, that's a great point. Um, you know, I, I think we've seen two things. First, and, and, and we talk and, and collaborate and work with a whole breadth of service providers around the world, from the carriers to forwarders, terminals, and beyond. Um, you know, I think the first thing is what we've seen is these kind of companies are actually – more eager to trans they're more eager to help because they're more eager to differentiate themselves from one another, right? We've seen what's happened in the industry over the past, just, you know, a few years, the consolidation on the carrier side, um, folks extending their services beyond the core uh, asset, you know, physical asset that they have. Um, and so when we speak to service providers, they actually appear much more eager to provide information and to provide, um, uh, differentiated service or technology to retailers and manufacturers. So I think the first part is they're actually a little bit more ready and willing than than they were even just a year ago. Um, secondly, the, we, the way we see uh, this happening, right, the way we see shippers uh, making sure their partners are coming along, is essentially demanding it. I mean, as a retailer manufacturer, this is your inventory in transit. This is your data. Um, And they are a service provider to you. And so in many cases, we've seen uh, companies say, you know, I need that information to operate better. And they've also been telling the service providers, that's actually going to help you. Because if I can get that data and be more predictive around my bookings or uh, my needs, you should be able to perform better uh, on my behalf. So first is they're more ready now than they were. Um, And secondly is, uh, you know, this is your business. And those are demands that need to be made.
0: You know, related to that, I mean, I think, you know, yes, I think I agree on both those fronts. Uh, I think the other dimension, I think you mentioned it as well, is that, you know, this really is, if, if we both do it right, right, uh, it really is a win-win, you know, proposition, right? Because if we're able to um, work more intelligently, more smart, you know, and, and be able to be more proactive, more predictive, so on and so forth, And I think the caveat here is that we also share data and information with you as well in in that manner, right? If we're able to kind of position this as this is not just about me or just about my company, it's really about how we work together in the relationship and the more efficient and effective and smarter we become the same with you. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we both rise uh, and and we become, you know, we, we both achieve benefits out of this. So I think that's the other, you know, approach that I've seen is, is, kind of position it as something that is going to be a win-win, you know, versus purely just a demand uh, saying, Hey, you know what, if you want to do business with us, this is what you have to do. That's one approach. And obviously if you're like the big kahunas and the big uh, 800 pound gorillas, you can do that. But those that may not have that kind of power, you know, I think they take a, a, you know, they add a carrot, you know, to that and say, look, this is really going to be about us, uh, being able to differentiate both ourselves in the industry and be able to increase market share together, be able to increase business together. And, and you know, if we get market share, we get more business, that's going to be more business for you and, you know, so on and so forth. So, so I see a lot of that as well. Right. Right.
1: And I think, you know, an easy example is take, is take, you know, D&D. We're working with a number of large importers who you know, complain about their, their um, D&D costs. And when we actually look at the problem, it's an issue because the Excel spreadsheets or the systems are using are not accounting for, you know, containers and, and assets in certain places, right? So, literally, information and assets falling through the cracks, and as a result, incurring them a whole bunch of expense. On the flip side, right, the chassis providers have a massive chassis dislocation problem. You know, empty repositioning is one of the largest, uh, excuse me, uh, the light sensor went off. Um, one of the largest <laughs> issues, uh, uh, you know, for, for the ocean carriers and understanding where those assets are um, is critically important, right? And so if the asset provider can share more information about call it gate outs of the terminal or, or GPS sensors on chassis or, um, you, know, uh, you know, better, uh, more, um, uh, what's the word, uh, more complete data sent over EDI. Then the shippers can make decisions and, and have those assets returned back. So, I mean, a, a thousand examples across the board, um, but exactly that kind of mutual benefit that I think we're both talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you just kind of led me into my. Well, was going to be my next question. I mean, you know, based on you know your experience with with clients and, and other companies that, that you work with, I mean, what I mean, what are some of the value cases that that you're seeing and, and kind of working towards?
1: Uh, I mean, it's. There are a ton across all whole supply chains. So some of the, the problems we're help solving for our customers are, you know, starting with sourcing, right? The, the idea that we can help these companies make better decisions on where to source material from that is complete on time and of high quality, you know, using machine learning pattern recognition versus gut instinct and historical, you know, spreadsheets is, you know, where companies are trying to go. Um, if we think about companies who are procuring freight, making decisions, hoping to reduce air freight spend because they can choose a, an ocean carrier that's going to deliver that good uh, by a certain cutoff date um, or arrival time, and being able to use predictive technology to make those calls is, you know, sort of a, a dream come true. I think as goods move even through the transportation segment, you know, seeing the likelihood or risk associated with misconfigured transshipment, and therefore, you know, pulling inventory from 1DC versus waiting until that box has come late, you know, into port and, you know, the murder carrier is not able to get it, you know, making those decisions on the fly by having more proactive uh, information. Um, and then also we're seeing down, you know, downstream, you know, we're working with a, lar- a large European um, retailer talking about by being able to get information that's clean and clear and predictive on arrival of goods that they're Uh, warehouse or distribution center, they can more adequately staff labor and utilize base space during peak to run things more efficiently. Um, All of this, I mean a a ton of examples, but all of this is amounting, I think in a number of categories it's um, you know, we've seen sales teams uh, of commoditized material be able to um, deliver quotes that are even higher in price because of the service they're able to provide. We've seen customer service teams um, uh, especially in commoditized markets, find that they're able to deliver the information to their end customers that they were always hoping to provide. Um, we're seeing uh, on the just the you know, finance and inventory team being able to optimize uh, uh, cargo flows in the way I described pulling from one VC or another. And then even in the hard guts of finance, being able to invoice customers upon receipt of of those goods at the right time is is incredibly important for balance sheet purposes. So, um, you know, on and on. But we've really seen through the whole supply chain a number of highly impactful, um, uh, uh so, you know, solutions to their problems. All because we're able to deliver pro, uh, an uh, information that is truly clean, providing visibility finally for 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 uh, for real. Um, and aiding in decision-making by giving the right information, even on a predictive basis.
0: You know, what's interesting is, you know, some of the examples you gave there, and I think it's it's something that I see a lot in the industry today, is, you know, for a long time, particularly in logistics, right, whenever you talked about any kind of value proposition, you know, cost reduction, cost management was always the number one thing on the list. And, and that's still important today in terms of, you know, managing costs and, and all that. But what I'm seeing right now is that, um, the bigger value proposition in many ways is, is around the service, you know, metric differentiating on service, um, you know, whether it's being able to provide that information, whether it's being able to, you know, proactively, you know, make adjustments to get that, that delivery uh, on time and not disappoint the customer. Um, so a lot of the initiatives, or a lot of the, the value proposition today is, you know, cost is, is always going to be important, but that's almost like the given. And what I hear a lot of executives saying it's, it's that service component. If we, can, if we can outdo our competition on the service dimension, you know, we're going to get market share and ultimately that's going to translate into you know, greater financial success.
1: It's so true. And I think you know the, the big examples out there that people are, are actually not trying to strive for, but needing to get to are the bars set by Walmart and Amazon, right? Look at Walmart saying to suppliers, and manufacturers, you have to be you know, on time, or you have to give me better information, there are penalties otherwise. Or, uh, you know, on the Amazon side, you know, using their supply chain as a real strategic advantage. So I I, I totally agree. It's a great observation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Adam, uh, you know, we're kind of coming up uh, short on time here. So, I mean, as as a way to summarize then, I mean, just like, you know, you, you need to have kind of essential items, you know, packed if you're going to go on a multi-day, you, you know, hike here, Uh, I mean, what are some of the essential items that, you know, companies need to have in in their backpack, if you will, you know, in order to be transformation ready?
1: Uh, That's a great question. A good analogy. I'd say, um, I'd say two things. I think, uh, look, we're not going to be hiking in the wilderness, right? This is a, this is a, uh, you know, interesting market. That's only growing. And so think of it like you're hiking through um, a, a city or even a hardware store. There will be stuff along the way, but I'd say, What you need at the get-go is uh, shoes on your feet. That is that data foundation. Um, And so you need software help to clean and make sense of that data. So get your boots on. Um, And I'd also say a tour guide, right? This is a difficult space to navigate. And choosing the right tour guide is essential. Is it the tour guide you've used in the past who's led you to where you are today? Is it a new type of tour guide? How well do they knew, know the uh, the new era of technology and transformation? And is it the right partner with the right methodology that can bring you through your journey in the way that you need to go? So that's uh, that's what I'd say. Boots in the tour guide.
0: Excellent. I love it. I love it. So um, uh, always a pleasure having you on the program, Adam. You know, some great, uh, you know, insights and, and words of advice. And, and certainly I, I know we're going to be, you know, writing about and, and hearing about more, uh, you know, case studies and developments in, in this whole area. But uh, you know, certainly look forward to uh, you know having you back in the program sometime in the future and kind of touching base on all this. So, so thanks for making the time to be with us today. Yeah, wonderful. Looking forward to it, Adrian. Thanks. Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us uh, today. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Clear Metal website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Adam, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.